A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to the Beer Lady Podcast. Uh, I am Katie, today's host. Woo, hello. And uh, in this episode, we are talking about brown ales. And what is a brown ale? I see some of my co-hosts here uh, holding up their brown ales. Today, we are joined by Carolyn, all the way in Texas, Lisa and Tandy. Um, Before I go to uh, what we're drinking... I am going to uh, do a shout out to all of our social media. So our tag is now at Beer Ladies Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're also on Facebook. We are wherever you get your podcasts. And we're also on YouTubes. YouTubes? Oh, I'm <laughs> such a boomer. My kids go, ma'am. On the YouTubes. Yeah. On the YouTubes, you know. Uh, we're on YouTubes. We have our own vanity headline uh, slash Beer Ladies Podcast. So, uh Check us out, like, share, subscribe, give us your opinions because we are, well, I am definitely not an expert on on brown, all things brown ale. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, I'm going to go around and I'm going to say, what are we drinking? So Carolyn, who had to get up at 10 a.m. this morning <laughs> to go and buy her beer in Texas. Such tell struggle. us what you're drinking. Such, such struggle. Uh, I'm drinking Ale Smith Brewing Company's Nutty Brown Ale said it's a tribute to our favorite English style, deep mahogany color, rich notes of biscuit, cocoa, and creamy mouthful, full body. So we'll see. Very nice. And I, it's not, it's called not brown, right? But yeah. are, there, are there nuts in it? I don't know. Probably not. That's a question we might answer. Yeah. Next, we'll go to Lisa. What so, are you drinking? Perfect, perfect question, because I have the Lockgill McNutty macadamia nut brown ale. So, so yes, technically there are nuts in it, I suppose, somewhere in the boil. Uh, it's one of those things. I love a brown ale. I love macadamia nuts. I've never necessarily noticed any kind of macadamia flavor per se in it, but I'm like, you know what? It, you had me with putting those words together. So always good. It, it's just a really, really good go-to. Love a good brown ale. So always happy to have that. Very nice. I've had that. I, lo- I really like that one as well. Lisa. So Tandy, what are you drinking? Well, now, now I've got a little bit of FOMO because I still haven't had that nut brown ale and I'm very upset with myself because I really do love a nut brown. But I've got I've got a crafty brewing company, American style brown ale. There's the 
There's the image on the on the YouTubes for all the boomers and millennials and everybody else in between. (laughs) Um, So this is one um, that I drink often, actually, because I love it. And it's it's very close to me. My my nearest little is 500 meters away. And it's just very convenient for me to get these beers. Good price range, good, well-brewed, you know, all of the things. Although I was quite upset because I did have a Kinnegar brown ale that impulsively I drank before this episode. <laughs> and I really should have kept it, but I didn't. So there we are. <laughs> you can still tell us what you thought. Oh, I thought it was lovely, actually. I mean, it's funny because when I tasted that Kinnegar one, I was like, oh, this is definitely a Kinnegar beer. And it's weird because I think that sometimes you can tell a brewery by the, like their house yeast in a way. Yep, and there is something about Kinnegar, and I actually think it's their rye. I think I can tell their beers because of rye, and I'm sure that there was rye in that beer or something. But I, I, you could have blindfolded me and I would have known it was from Kinnegar. So, oh, wow, there it is. I wonder about that because I thought that one was especially dry and that kind of mouthfeel. I mm. think I find very characteristic of a lot of their beers. So maybe there's something yeah. in that. Something in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I enjoyed that one. I'm enjoying this one thoroughly. Um, and uh, yeah, next, next, I need yeah. to get the rest. <laughs> well, uh, I kind of copied your homework there, uh, Tandy, by getting good taste. The, the, the same American style brown ale. It it actually won uh, the World Beer Award for Ireland brown ales, but I had done backup homework. So I also have <laughs> a, a Belgian. It's a Le Trap, Trapeze. It's a double. Now, is it technically brown? We'll discuss it, but <laughs> it's kind of brown in my glass. Is that a brown ale? Brown that is color. the question. <laughs> that is the question. Okay. So uh, let's move on. So we're talking about all things brown ale, and um, there is a, I think, was it uh, Brian from Crack Brewing? Crack Beer Society? Crack Beer Community, yes. Community, that's what they're called. Uh, put a shout out that he he wants to have a resurgence of the brown ale, and I think we echo his sentiments completely. So what is... Absolutely. So what is a brown ale, and why do we love it so much? And that's the thing. It's so hard to define in some ways because you can say, is it any beer that's brown? Maybe. Exactly. But not but necessarily. Is this, is this mm. a brown ale? Mm-mm. Right? I would say no to that one. But then again, like, is an Oud Bruin also it's brown? But to me, they're very different things when, you know, you, you know, once you start putting labels on them. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it when we get to the history section. But I think, Tandy, you, you have, you look like you have mm. homebrew opinions I kind of do. So I kind of do. So, I mean, largely the kinds of brown ales are not really defined by just the color brown because you you can even have an IPA that's brown, you know, and it just depends on your malt characteristics and how you've brewed it and all the different things. But largely, largely brown ales can almost be split into maybe three or four categories, primarily almost three, the fourth you know, I think we can debate. The first one is English brown ales, and that can include anything from a dark mild all the way through to a porter, but there is specifically some styles like a London brown ale or or just a brown ale that are the most sort of mm, characteristic of the style, where we're talking about a malt-forward beer, something that's got a bit of chocolate um, in the taste, something that's got a bit of toffee or caramel, um, not super bitter, not super hoppy, and typically brewed with brown malts um, and chocolate malts. So that's the one kind of big, the big family. The other one is, and I feel like we'll be beating this drum 
whenever it comes to style guides, but the American brown ales, right? So American brown ales take what the English did or the British did and just made it bigger and hoppier. So that was the same with IPAs. It was the same with red ales. It's going to be the same with everything. So, you know, now we're typically talking about a slightly different balance between bitterness and the malty kind of toffee chocolatiness of a brown ale. We want a slightly more balanced beer, a little bit more bitterness, but not also known for its hoppy characteristic, but it has got a bumpered, like a higher bitterness. Then we've got Belden Brown. So there really is the, the Ode Brune. That's the, that's the one that's the best known. So it's a brown ale, but it's sour. Yeah. It's got a lactic sourness. And Katie, I remember you mentioned, and I think it was our sours episode, was it? But it no, was it wasn't the there. it was the red ale episode, the Flanders yes. red. That was it. And and you 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 hadn't quite read the bottle, so you were surprised that it was, let's say, a sour version of something that you thought you knew. And yeah. the Ode Bruin is the same thing. So it's it's a brown ale, but it's got that sort of sour tang to it, which gives it a, a distinctive edge. And then we've got German brown ales, except that they're not always ales, they're mostly lagers. And the difference between ales and lagers would be the different kind of yeast that you use. So ales are fermented at slightly warmer temperatures, and they're using bottom, top fermenting yeast, that's the one, and lagers are colder temperatures, and they use bottom fermenting yeast. God, Lisa, help me out if I'm wrong. But (laughs) but there's a few. What so would a would like a dunkel be a brown ale or a vice beer? <gasps> or is it an intersection of a brown ale and a vice beer? I, I don't I would know. Say interesting. Neither, but it's I, an interesting yeah. question. Yeah. Because okay. You get dunkel vice, all right? Yeah, so dunkel is a dark true. is a dark wheat beer. But that's not necessarily the same as a dunkel. A dunkel is just a dark beer, and okay. it could be maltier, or it could be it, it it could have a lot of the shared characteristics. But I'd almost argue that it's probably not the same because it's not really known for its um, chocolatiness as much as uh, as much as other brown beers or brown ales are. But Lisa, I'm so open to being corrected, and anybody else, let me know. Well, I, I wonder that because it, it it is tricky because then you can start to get into you, you know I feel like then you get into that weird thing between a Dunkel and a Schwarzbier where there there can be a continuum, but they are technically different things. But but again, mm-hmm. I feel like in my mind, and this is not always you know this is more based on sort of my own personal sensory experience than the the correct if you like thing. I feel like a Dunkel. Tend, you know, they both have that kind of lovely brown color, but I feel like the Dunkel tends to be, isn't always, a little bit sweeter, a little bit more uh, sort of that bread or crackery kind of characteristic. Whereas, you know, the Schwarzbier has a little bit more almost, I, I would say almost burnt toast kind of a flavor to it. But, but again, you know, more lagery, if you like, even though, again, both, you know, on the continuum. But but at the same time, you know, the, the Venn diagram is kind of a you know, they, they're definitely overlapping in, in certain areas. And there are certainly some that I think that actually are, you know, Dunkles that get categorized as Schwarzbeers and Schwarzbeers that get categorized as Dunkles. So in theory, the, the, the Schwarzbeer would also be a little bit darker, probably have some patent malts, but these things are fuzzy. But I think where it gets really complicated, and we won't dive into it yet, but in a little bit, is when we look at kind of the, the history of w- what is a brown ale, because sometimes we just call anything that's brown a brown ale, and then it gets really problematic. So. Yeah. Exactly. 
and something like an alt, which is a German hybrid beer. Mm. You know, it's a hybrid between an ale and a lager is, is let's say, loosely categorized into German brown beers. But it doesn't have to be super brown. It can be yeah. anywhere on the amber to brown spe- uh, spectrum. So there's, I think there's a lot of room for interpretation here. But in my mind, and again, Lisa, it's probably not the, it's not, it's probably not the official definition. But in my mind, a brown ale has got to have some kind of chocolatiness to it, but in a way that a stout has roastiness to accompany it i think a brown ale's got a bit of a breadiness or or something or maybe a caramel to offset it yeah and i and i think i think you're on the right track there with it's easier to say how it's different from a stout or or a porter mm. than it is how it is similar to other things because it can be similar to so many other things and i think again kind of a lot of the the rules if you like don't necessarily uh, they're not exactly enforced, if you like, yeah. which is which is okay. Because yeah. you know? I'm I'm looking at the uh, some of the brown the the style guidelines. So they include the English style brown, the brown porter. Mm. 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 So it's a brown porter, a porter or a brown ale. It's a brown porter. Belgian style brown, which is the oud brown, I'm presuming. Mm. German style brown ale and American style brown ale. Yeah. So, and, and they'll probably only be different in a certain number of things. So obviously Belgian, slightly sour. German will probably be a lager or at least a hybrid. So there'll yep. be slightly more of a breadiness or a crackery-ness, um, as Lisa said, um, you know, a, a, a different finish. Um, often, often ales have a slightly almost fruitier finish than a, than a lager does. Lagers have a brady, clean sort of finish. But brown ale should tend to be a little bit dry, mostly malty, mostly sweet, not um, not overly so. Um, and because of the spectrum of the different styles under them, it can be like a porter or it can be like a dark mild in terms of um, alcohol as well. So we might be looking at anything from a 3% up until like a 7%, probably in some of the American ones. Very big, very big style again. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and just like two of my favorites that you can get in, in America are absolutely at those extremes. There, there's one... Uh, at Burke Gilman Brewing Company in Seattle, uh, which they call London Brown. It's about a 3%. What I'm going to call, although I'm going to circle back to this, a sort of Southern style English brown ale. Um, but again, put a pin in that because we're going to come back to it. Uh, and then uh, Dogfish Head's Indian Brown, which is, you know, very hoppy, about 7%. But, you know, they're both, you know, you can taste both and say, yes, these are in the same category. They're just different extremes, if you like. And then, of course, I'm sure there are, you know, a dozen imperial browns out there that, you know, have probably morphed into being something else. But uh, but again, they're both great beers. And, and I think we're all going to talk about how we really love brown ales and want to see more of them. And I think, you know, there is that room for expression. And maybe that's a reason people can kind of latch onto them. Yeah, there is. Mm. I guess oh. um, on the back of this, it says pairs well with aged Gouda. Ooh. So I'm curious, what else would you pair with a... Brown ale. In my research, uh, <laughs> my 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 lengthy research for this episode, it goes with a lot of food. Like it can go with a curry, you know. Um, it can go with like uh, any type of like Thai, Indian, yeah, all of that kind. Yeah, this this has hearty foods like yeah. roast pork, smoked sausage, grilled grilled salmon, which I think salmon's an interesting, interesting. choice. But. Or steak mm, or something. Yeah, yeah, it, it does stand up well. Yeah. And it says. It says like an almond or maple walnut cake, like cashew Ooh. brittle. So like, I guess pear fritters, which I think that would be interesting to have a pear fritter with a brown ale. 
that does sound interesting. One one of the yeah. articles that I read talked about sushi being paid even with Brownell. And I thought that's a really strange huh. combination. But it wasn't so much that it paired well. It's that it was one of the better pairings as opposed to a number of other styles. Mm. So it was, let's Got call it. it a safe default, which makes me think it's one of those that you yeah. could kind of have with anything. Although I think it would go really well with like a braai or a barbecue. Um, yeah. You know, have some have some sticky yeah. ribs with a brown owl. For me, that just feels like feels like the right thing. Yeah. And that's the thing, it is, yeah. it is really versatile because I think, uh, you know, the first thing I ever brewed as, as a home brewer was a – when I'm putting air quotes around sound, nut brown ale. And again, put a pin in that we're going to come back to some of this. But I think it's it's a nice kind of entry level thing to do as a home brewer because you can get a lot of the stuff either as, as a kit or extract, all, all of that stuff. You don't have to do all of the things uh, as you might do as you get a little bit more sophisticated. But I think because you're not trying to get a really specific kind of you know color necessarily or you know necessarily even a really specific uh, gravity, it it's again not necessarily easy to get right but it's it's one that's uh the, the degree of difficulty is not as high if you're making it as a home brewer because so many things can qualify but i think that the very nice forgiving. thing about it yeah very forgiving that's exactly how to say it but i think and i think that, exactly that, that that leads me to wonder why more um smaller breweries don't brew it more often right 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 you're here um yeah <laughs> i've I've got a feeling it's because people think that they're boring. Um, really? Yeah. You, you know how these things go in and out of fashion, right? And and even, even and I'm sure Lisa will, will talk to more of this in the history section, but even the rise of brown, brown ale's popularity was somewhat diametrically linked, supposedly, to the popularity of hoppier pale ales. So if you think about it, they're, they're almost the exact opposite of something like an IPA, which is very hoppy, probably quite pale, very, maybe quite carbonated, like very um, uh, heavy. You know, there's a, there's a number of different ways that an IPA might be. This is kind of the opposite. It's slight, it's sweeter. Um, it's a little bit, um, I don't want to say less complex, because I think there's a lot of complexity in these malt forward beers that people don't always give credit to. But it's not, it's not the kind of uh, complexity that people have been, endeared to in the last many years you know it was always this hoppy stuff and now it's sour stuff and then it was you know various milkshakey lactosey things and <laughs> and brown else has been in the background the whole time like hey dudes i'm a solid beer what, yeah. what the yeah. heck man like yeah and i think that's it i go for a brown ale and, and again i go for them a lot because i love them i think because it it absolutely first of all it tastes like beer which i think not necessarily is true of some of the the other weirder things but you know, you get, you know, real flavor, even if it's pretty low key, you get, you know, a little bit of complexity. And that it doesn't mean it has to be aggressive, or it has to be, you, you know, so complex, that you're like, oh, this is, you know, this or that. But it's, you know, I think we're really lucky here in Ireland, because we have the Ballycook Cavern Brown, which is just probably my Delicious. favorite go to beer. We have the Luck Gill one, which again, they're available year round. But I wrote a big piece on this, a while, well, big piece, I wrote a blog post about this, it wasn't that in depth but thinking about how when you go to Hawaii brown ales and porters are a huge thing it's just a big part of the scene there and okay. that it, yeah it's a whole thing so for example Maui Brewing has uh town brown as one of their standard you know year-round beers they do the coconut haiwa porter Waikiki Brewing does what they call an English brown ale it's just a very very common thing there and it really I think sort of 
you know, puts in sort of sharp contrast, people be like, oh, I wouldn't like it if it's hot or something. No, no, it is fantastic if it's hot. And I think that's the other thing. It's really an all round, you know, year round beer. It doesn't have to be cold. It doesn't have to be hot, but I, I would love to do kind of a historical deep dive on why Hawaii specifically has ended up as kind of a brown and dark beer paradise, if you like, literally. But uh, again, I think it's really interesting. You have places around the world where they've really just kind of stuck in and become, you know, the, the go-to. Carolyn, do you find more options for brown ales and even nut brown ales, you know, in Texas? Uh, you, you know, I, I feel like in Ireland, we maybe have two or three year round that we can find, um, but they're not super common. What do you feel in the US? Um, well, I don't want to drink a lot of brown ale. So going to the store this morning, I was like, what do we have? And he's like, oh, we have this. Like they had like five different cans. So I guess it just depends on who it is. I mean, again, like IPA, I feel like is king, which yeah. is not my favorite as people listen to this no but uh i don't know i mean it could be up and coming and i just don't know um but based on what i saw at the store like they had enough to satisfy somebody's need for it they really wanted it they had it they have it so and you weren't stuck with the same one no you had you had choice yeah i had like five choices of single cans i'm sure there was more in like six packs but for what i was looking for and I like went back and I was like, I think I what? think I want the other one. And then I was like, no, I want this one. So I was debating on which one to pick. <laughs> so tell me you got both. No, I only got one. <laughs> I'll go back uh, and get the other one later because I have to go get good. pumpkin beer. So <laughs> yeah, fair. fair. Would you guys be partial to a brown ale that was a nut brown ale or a non-nut brown ale? And why? Well, I think to answer this question, we need to know the difference. And I'm go- I think Lisa has has input in this. Well, so I think I, I will have to give everyone, and we, we're going to have a link to this in the show notes, but Martin Cornell has a fantastic uh, article on his website, why there is no such thing as English brown ale. So just putting it right out there. He's like, it's not real. It's <laughs> fake. Here's why. And it's, it's a fascinating read. And I, I always love reading his stuff for those not in the know. He is a fantastic beer historian he really you know gets in there and, and gets the, the good stuff but it looks a bit at you know newcastle brown which he calls sort of the ur type northern brown ale but then explains why that's not true and he looks at man's brown ale the ur type southern brown ale and says also not not true but his his specific issue with with nut brown is that you know the nut in theory is not about a flavor but is about the color but then he goes on to say but you know, hazelnuts are one color, chestnuts are another color. They're not useful to describe beer. What what are you doing, people? And it's a fascinating, fascinating read. But then, you know, again, on the flip side, you know, I've got the McNutty. There's there's nuts in this. And, you know, I've, I've had the uh, the rogue Morimoto hazelnut stout. There are hazelnuts, you know, at least, again, somewhere in the recipe, whether you can taste them or not is another question. I've had a chestnut beer before as well that was also a brown ale. So... Does it exist now? I think maybe is a question. I think I think his argument is pretty convincing that nut brown ale and kind of what he was saying is that it's saying it's lighter than lager. But but again, if you're sort of looking historically, you know, a lot of things are brown until you get real black patent malts, which you don't get until about, I think about 1817, 1820, thereabouts. And then suddenly... 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your, your porters and your stouts are all like, look, we're black. We're not brown. We're fancy now. And everything else kind of becomes brown until kind of lager and pale ale takes off. And then brown nails are kind of left in the middle somewhere. But again, he makes a really convincing argument that a lot of this is kind of very quiet until the 1920s when Newcastle Brown appears. And then when, when man's, you know, kind of comes, but again, Newcastle Brown in the 1920s is a very different beast from the Newcastle Brown you get nowadays for, for a lot of different reasons. And again, it's, it's a long article, so I'm not going to kind of try to summarize all of it, but he makes a lot of interesting, um, a lot of interesting arguments over, you know, how the strength equates to what the spear is more, maybe more so than the color. Um, but his take is basically the, the nut brown is purely a descriptor that, you know, marketing people put on in kind of the, the 19 teens and that everyone who now is like, oh, no, I, I taste a nuttiness that they're all being kind of led astray by the marketing, putting it there in their heads. Although, again, open question. I, I mean, I'm some of these nut brown ones right now. So they are I mean, with nuts. I do you I get any of the nut flavor or is it purely kind of something that's a fermentable sugar? I, I don't know. It, it just no. It, do you chicken, feel well, nutty? Yeah. yeah. Do you taste it? And does it say that it has nuts on the side? Like, it doesn't have a nut allergy warning. No, it just says like toasty and cocoa and biscuit notes. So there's no, I guess, because it's a deep mahogany color. But yeah, yeah I mean, I have to so, agree, like, not all nuts are this color. I mean, not all nuts are this deep. Even if they are brown, they're not this deep mahogany. They're like a lighter brown. And nuts taste so different, all different nuts as well. So can you even can you even call a flavor yeah. nutty? Like I w- I would say nutty is something that you eat and is crunchy. 
It's it's interesting because when you when you try and like and brew a nut brown ale in the most pure sense and adding nuts to your beer, like there are so many yeah. challenges to adding nuts to beer that it's it's almost not worth it unless you were going to buy an extract and just cheat. Because the one thing the one thing is that you you, you generally want to roast the nuts to get most of the sugars and most That's of the flavors and yeah. all of the oils and yeah. stuff out. But adding adding the the nuts into your beer adds so much oil because as we all know, nuts are so oily. Um, that's why we have tahina and, and tahini and, and peanut butter and almond butter and all of these other things. Nuts are basically oils in a solid form. So when you add an oil to a beer, you have absolutely no carbonation and head retention. So I think that most people who say nut brown ale, they're either adding an extract, which is fine. It's a, it's a, you know, a perfectly fine and reasonable ingredient to a beer, or they're, playing on the fact that the malts make you think or reminisce of nuts. So it's not always an ingredient. And similar to pumpkin beers, it's more about pumpkin spice mostly. It's not so much about the actual ingredient, um, which you'll all know from listening to this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Although I think to to circle back to the, the point about why aren't there so many of them, just another, a couple of interesting stats that, that Martin Cornell found was that in 1959, bottled brown ales were 12% of the total UK beer market. Like, I mean, just think about that. Wow. Like, that's crazy. But then by 1976, it was 4%. So just huge, you know, sort of decline. Although... And I'm wondering if a, if a, if a an Irish brewer had anything to do with that decline. It's an interesting know? question. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you, you really have to wonder, yeah, does, does Guinness sort of muscle in and say, mm. no, no, we're, we're your dark beer now, you know? Yeah. yeah. I would imagine. But on the flip side of that, then Pete's Wicked Ale takes off in the US, you know, probably starting in, I guess, in the 1980s, which is meant to be essentially a clone of Samuel Smith's Nut Brown ish uh and i i really enjoyed pete's wicked ale back in the day and then it and then it went away but i i do think it's it, it is really interesting that a lot of those kind of early uh both homebrew uh recipes and then microbrews in america were kind of on the darker spectrum tended to be in air quotes english so you would have brown ales you would have bitters um we we will have a whole discussion i think at some point on why we can't get more bitters here in ireland because please please make more bitters too. I'm very happy we have some brown Definitely. ales, but would love more ESBs as well, guys. So just just going to put that out there into the universe. I'm going to manifest them. The and end. I suppose we should say a shout out to, it's Loch Gill. It's also it? Loch Gill, exactly. Five candles. Five candles. Should have really have been four candles, you know, so we could have had loads of puns, but I know it was a birthday. It was a birthday brew, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. And if yes. you haven't, if you are too young, Ask your parents about the Four Candles uh, comedy sketch. <laughs> Have you seen it? Tandy's well, looking at me and so is Carolyn. Maybe we should link it. I'll tell you what, I will dig out a link for the YouTube. Yeah, yeah. It's a little, com- I can't even remember. Is it the two Ronnies? It or? Might have been, yeah, it's, it's something of that. I was like, is it Morecambe and Wise or the two Ronnies? That, it, it's that. Oh, I can't yeah. remember. Is that ill? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's oh. My father-in-law loves four candles. Yeah, <laughs> I I wonder though too if one of the reasons we don't see more brown ales is because everything is still so kind of maybe this is the wrong way to put it but sort of tarred with the Newcastle Brown brush. If people are just like, oh, that's a beer I drank when I was underage, or you know whatever the 
whatever the association is, is that, is that why? I don't know. Yeah. So I suppose um, I would have drank. I lived in Newcastle for, for two summers of my life when I was in college. I, I, I worked Love in to live there for Great Northeastern Railways mm. in Newcastle upon Tyne in their fulfillment department. And we used to go around the corner and have Newcastle Brown Ale because that's what you yeah. did. But it was strong. It was rocket fuel. And it used to be you know? stronger than it is now. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, but then I would not have had very much interaction with brown ales until very recently, I think. But I did notice that when I went to like brew pubs in the US, you would have a, a nut brown ale or a hazelnut brown ale or something like that on tap. Yeah, or a hoppy, like a specifically hoppy brown yeah. ale where they'll call it out and, you know, be like, it's brown, but it's hoppy. Like there's a whole yeah whole thing about that. And in but South Africa, they weren't common, you know, that, within the commercial beers anyway. Yeah. You know, we used to get some of the, um, the British commercial beers um, around, but even in Newcastle, you might have found a Newcastle, but um, not commonly. And, and so... It it was it was just never a thing, you know. In South Africa, it was lagers, many many varieties, and then there was a milk stout, which was very still is very popular. Right. And it's actually a great beer, but but you know it it started changing obviously with the rise of craft beers. And one of the, I almost want to say one of the first beers that I had from a, a different craft brewery there was brown ale and I was like oh what is this like I'd, I'd never tried it and it did actually have nuts in it and they yeah. and they told me the bros told me at the time how they how they managed to do that as if I knew anything about brewing at the time and it's like fascinating I love it can I just have more please <laughs> <laughs> but but there's um there, there, I think there's been a few since and um I don't know I think I just think it's one of those stars it's kind of like a dark mild where it's just not like not sexy, you know. Yeah, yeah, but especially it gets the issue where on on Untapped people will give them low ratings for no particular reason. Mm. They just you know because they're not extreme or because they're not necessarily some are, but because they're not necessarily you know eight and a half percent or nine percent. Yeah, people are like, yeah. Eh. Or their IBU isn't off the right. scale. Exactly, you know? exactly, and and again, I. I'm very happy with my own untapped where I can go back and see what I liked. But I, I called this out in a blog post I did last year about brown ales where I was like, I love Victory Brewing Company, D-Town Brown Ale. So they're in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. That's where the original brewery is. And you don't see it as much now. It was one that they only ever really did in the brew pub. But again, it would get, you know, a meh rating on untapped. And you're like, this is a great beer. Like there's no reason this should be rated as a kind of, Oh, I tried it, but it didn't, you know, it didn't wow me. It's like, but it should have, like, it's a really good beer. But I think the, the other one um, that I called out too, that I, I think that at least we can typically get here in Ireland uh, oh, is the yes. Colonel Brown Ale. So the Colonel has a fantastic brown ale and it's like, it's 5.6%, just phenomenally good. When oh. I see it at any of the local off licenses, mm. I'm like, oh, yep, yep. Come, come home with me. So I will have to keep an eye out. I've seen Colonel, but I think I've only seen the Pale Ale and the and the IPA in my local. Or their export, so have... yeah, their export stout yeah. too, and export porter, both gorgeous. So I lo- I love what they're doing. I, I've you know gotten some other stuff when I was in London last now years ago because pandemic, but uh, always really good beer. And I love that they are doing things that are a little kind of you know still like a solid you know normal air quote style, but ones that people aren't necessarily doing as much of. So. 
that is very interesting. Yeah, I'm curious though, Carolyn, like, you, you know, you had, you said you had sort of five or so to choose from. Were there any that were kind of bleeding into other styles when you were looking? I feel like that's a very American thing to do, but. Um, yeah. It was a very quick look. The other one I was thinking was Cigar City, oh. but they called it, they had coffee in it. So I steered that's clear mind, of I, that I'm one. I don't either. Well, I just don't like yeah. coffee. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to get this one. So I'm not. So that's why I picked this one. Because I was like, that one has coffee in it. This one I will probably like. I mean, I don't really drink brown ale. So this is probably like my first brown <laughs> ale in a long time. So. <laughs> or ever. I don't know. Yeah, it's good. I'm just more of a wheat sour person. And I'm going to say I love beer with coffee in it. So I would love brown ale with coffee. Yeah. See, you can't please all of the people all yeah. of the time. You it know? does mean, though, if we get any like uh, beer advent calendar boxes, which I've not done yet. Trades. But those of us who get coffee and don't like it, we can trade. Um, yes. So I don't like yeah. sours. So I'll trade all the sours. There we go. See, see. All good. See, there this you is go. what you have to do. You need a community to work out your advent calendar for the styles that you're not really into. You know, <laughs> what what happens though? Because I like all the beer. <laughs> then you can keep it all, and then you're grand. Yeah. <laughs> Except for maybe Rauch beers, like the smoky beers. Ah, it's yeah, nice. I have mm. that too. I, I could do I could do like half a beer, and then I'm done with it. I have that too. Yeah, some are just a little bit too on the kind of liquid smoke end of the spectrum, and that's it's not for me. Yeah. Mm. I completely agree. But I don't know. I feel like, again, just to go back, like there are, you know, you see so many interesting brown ales as like a one-off and how can we convince people to say, we love this, please make more. And, you know, I I think again, how can we put it out there into the universe and say, Hey, we'll buy them. You know, you have an audience. Yeah. I feel like when I go to a brewery, I don't, I very rarely see a brown beer. Really? Or at least not one that's called a brown ale. Because because that for me is the big thing. That's true. Do get a lot of brown coloured beers, but they're not brown ales. You know, like there is a dark amber would be very brown adjacent, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And they might call it an amber. What is is amber sexier than brown? That's a really good question. You know it is. (laughs) Ooh, it's like so. Well, but like, what about a pub ale? Pub ale's brown. What's a pub ale? Isn't it? We need to know more. Um, learning things. I, I've had, uh, I've had a pub ale before. <laughs> Hold on, let me Google this real quick. Google, Because a pub ale. It feels is like brown. an Americanism. Like if I've ever heard one, that's it. Maybe it is an Americanism. <laughs> it probably is an Americanism. Um. Yeah, because it's brown. Sorry, I'm trying to find what is a puppy real quick golden color creamy head smooth body well, and easy drinking character medium body pale ale so it's a medium like a body pale ale but it's more no but it's dark it's more like a a true nut color light color okay, brown okay. beer it all counts it all counts but again like it's a cashew nut beer is copper brown i mean i don't know it's a cashew nut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like copper brown. So. <laughs> I've never heard know. of a pub beer. You're teaching me things. Oh, uh, yeah. I... Then maybe it's just a American How thing. drunk were you I when you know. had this pub ale, Carolyn? <laughs> what time of the day? Oh, okay. I, I drink it all the time. <laughs> the fact that it exists on the Google is is, uh, yeah. is comforting to me. Right? <laughs> right. Oh, I... 
I mean, yeah, there are pub ales. I'm looking it up now. <laughs> There's a standard English pub ale. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to and do, do a series of pub ales. Do we, again, do we just sort of bring them into being? Like, it's a whole... Yeah. Yeah. Were they a thing or were they not a thing? Did we? Cre- did the well, Americans yeah. create it? Americans yeah. created so many things, Carolyn. You can't have everything. <laughs> like... <laughs> I didn't say we could. Most of the beers I like are not American style beers. And, and again, although I must say, one of one of the first times I tasted an American brown ale, and it was like quite hoppy, quite bitter, but it had that sort of weird chocolatey, toffee, caramelly mm. balance. I was like, "Shit, man, this is actually delicious!" Like this is this is the one time that I'll forgive the kind of you know extremism. Right. That can go into these like beer styles, but it was really good. Gosh, um, I'd love to taste more of them. This this crafty beer one says it's an American style, but I think it's only slightly more bitter than an English style. You know, it's not it's not slightly more. I'd love to see it pushed a little bit again. Yeah, and it is know, a really good some, beer again. Some American style play for all the all the awards, which I think is something we may chat about mm. in the future podcast. Putting that out there for for the universe. Or we might have chatted about we it. We might have chatted about podcast. it. Yes, you're right. <laughs> it depends when this comes out. Yes. So Exactly. Exactly. Yes. But it's all <laughs> it will be somewhere. Somewhere in the universe. So but yeah, it's 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 such an interesting thing. And I because to me I feel like now American brown specifically means hoppy brown, but is that just my take on it? I don't know. I don't know. Nope. I think that's <laughs> America's it is America's <laughs> take on it, and it's the BJCP's take on it. So, because let's be real, America likes hops, strong and hoppy, and ABV, and ABV, and yeah. ABV. Like you, you can't get away from a four point like eight percent beer in America. It's got to be like seventeen yeah. point twelve. Yeah. You know, and it's <laughs> like, how do you go out and have like four or five pints oh. if they're seventeen percent? Unless you train for it, you're you're kind of a hot mess. You, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You you have one seventy percent beer and then you take a break and then you have like a four percent. But do they even do? How easy is it to get four percent? Would that like that would be like an I'd extreme like. session? Well, yeah. you can get four or five. I would say five yeah. percent. Although then that's definitely like, like yeah. again session beer by American standards is kind of under four ish percent. Yeah, four to six. Yeah. But a lot yeah. of them like six is almost always your almost your entry point for a lot of things, which is either great or terrible depending on what your your goals are for your evening yeah well I um I was in Lisbon recently and yeah uh obviously it was took a week off work with me and my husband and uh there were so many people in suits out for lunch having having their beers and I'm like see this is the way because it was still sunny and warm you could sit outside not have to worry about COVID attacking you from all angles you know um and you could see them having their beer, then they'd have, they'd have with their food, and then they'd have their coffee, and then they'd all toddle off back to their office. And I was like, "This is such a great culture, and you can't do that with a big fancy high ABV no. beer." No, can definitely you? not. Well, you can try. <laughs> Maybe on a Friday, but yeah, no, no. Otherwise, no. Yeah, all the people working from home are going. Katie, just put it in a coffee mug. <laughs> nearly two years of working from home and i've still not done that i haven't done that either why thought about it but no we should yeah i've thought about it but yeah Uh, yeah i've had strong thoughts 
I've uh, recently started a new job. So now I'm, I'm full time. My last job, I worked uh, part time hours. I was finished at two o'clock in the day. So now I'm working till five on a Friday. And I'm like, what am I going to do? What is it? What is it? <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Carolyn? You were like, what do I do now? Like, what, I, like I'm going to have, have no, no time. time. Exactly. So but anyway. Oh, goodness. So, any other stories with brown ales? Any other good encounters, bad encounters? What do we want the brewery? So, I'm going to say breweries out there, brown ale with a bit of coffee. Maybe also an option without the coffee. With nuts, without nuts. Yeah, so no we can coffee. do our compa- tasting comparisons. Yeah, I, yes. what I else? think always just, you know, shout out to both Lock Gill and Belly Hill Cabin for keeping one on, you know, in the core range because, oh my God, thank goodness, you guys, they are so good and just, you know, happy to have that as a go-to, but I yeah, would uh, be happy to have more. So, you know, putting it out into the universe. Agreed. It would just be nice to see different styles and not always a million varieties of like New England yeah. IPAs. Like we or... could have, we could have at least one brown ale, at least one malt forward non-brown ale beer in a in a standard lineup, and it would be really interesting. And I like the idea of having a bit of a lager ale mm. comparison, and um, oh, if know, possible, but that's just because I like both. It has an out at the moment. So for those in Ireland, just note: yes, worth, uh, well worth checking out. Erica actually drank that on one of our recent podcasts and she raves Very about good. it. So go pick it up. Okay, go mm-hmm. White Street. Mm. Um, I was going to say something else, wasn't I? Oh, so Dark Mild. Are we considering Dark Mild a dark a brown ale? This is a tricky one because I love Dark Milds. I will say no. Uh, and again, a okay. lot of this just based on, I'm going to Martin Cornell's article and saying, well, he says no. So he's probably okay. right. And, and I, I, the other reason I say no is because then I feel like more people will make more different things. So the Four Provinces Dark Mild uh, is a gorgeous beer. Again, anyone in Ireland, go check it out. It is absolutely wonderful. I feel like the the difference now is they do tend to be lower ABV than your maybe sort of standard brown ale, but it's still dark and lovely. Tons of flavor. Uh, Highly recommend, but I think we'll count them as different. Okay. Mm. Okay, that's good. Different, but but within the same umbrella. absolutely. Absolutely. They're cousins. On the periphery yeah. of the Venn diagram somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Somewhere there. Certainly on the lower ABV side, right? So, um, and, and slightly different brewing ingredients, but yeah, much of the same. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I, I'm thinking on that, we've covered everything there is to cover so far on brown ales, but we will ask people, what are your favorite brown Absolutely. ales? Uh, why are there not more brown ales in Ireland or in the US? Do you have them in the UK? Uh, I think the UK have far more than we have here. Mm-hmm. Lisa, you've lived there. In, would you agree? Or have they fallen out of favor or are they coming back? I would, that's a good question. But I lived there in the 90s. So there was just Newcastle Brown yeah. then. But again, there's the one from the Colonel, which is beautiful. So maybe, maybe more are coming back. Okay. Mm-hmm. So on that note, um, I'm going to tell you all to follow us on twitter at, at beer ladies pod and instagram at beer ladies pod also on facebook the beer ladies podcast we're on youtube beer ladies podcast um we're on wherever you get your podcasts be that anywhere everywhere everywhere uh so tune in listen subscribe like 
comment, send us any messages you want. Uh, well, nice messages, yes. please. Yes, we will delete your gross. Don't don't do that. No. Yeah. <laughs> we just don't engage. Okay, so on that note, I'm gonna say uh good evening. Bye. Good night. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.